So today we're talking about, in fact, we're in this series called Abide, and we're talking about the notion that if we abide in Jesus, we can have the fruit of the Spirit. And we've been kind of looking through the fruit of the Spirit. And today we're at patience, and everybody that needs this uh, sermon is going to be at the second service. Uh, so really, it won't apply to any of us. But uh, I thought I would, uh, I appreciate you being here. This gives me a chance to practice. And, uh, but for those other people, really, really need it there in the second service. You know, patience is an interesting thing. Uh, let's define it. Uh, patience is the lack of impatience. And so uh, I, I want you to write that down because that's really, really important. Um, it is an interesting Greek word. Macrothumi. And the reason I, I broke it up is because it is kind of a compound word in the Greek. Macro, does anybody know what that means? This is easy. This one's easy. Big, yeah. So, so if you have a microchip, it's small. If you have something macro, it's big. It's, it's uh, uh, kind of voluminous, you know. So this is big. And thume um, means passion or uh, it means vigor. And so it is sort of the idea that you, you have a... It's like having a long fuse. That's how we would say it in English. It's your long fuse. You, you don't fly off the handle uh, easily. And, so, um, and what we've discussed was this fruit of the Spirit is... These are the attributes of God. And so He is full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And when we abide in Jesus and when we get close to God, these are the things that should um, be uh, said of us as well. And so it's almost a little bit of a litmus test as to how close we are to God. And if patience is one of the things that is an attribute of God and it should be an attribute of us, then if we don't have a lot of patience, then it sort of is an indicator that maybe we need to get a little bit closer to God. The Bible talks about God being slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Really interesting. So we saw the Greek word, makrothumi. Well, the, the Hebrew word that's used here, this is the Old Testament, Exodus. So the Hebrew word for slow of anger literally means long-nosed. Isn't that funny? I mean, long-nosed. And I'm, I'm like, well, where did they come from? Well, they had an expression. You know, they have expressions, we have expressions. They had an expression that if you, um, if you lost your temper, you were hot-nosed. That, that was kind of the expression back in the day. And you know that when people get mad, sometimes they get red-faced. And so it was kind of a, a, kind of a play off of that. You'll recall that you know, the story of, of Joseph and, and Potiphar's wife accuses him of of uh, impropriety and it says that Potiphar uh, is it, it literally says Potiphar is red of the nose that's what it really says literally says he got red nosed about it. he got really really got mad about it I think that's really kind of interesting and so one of my very very favorite verses in scripture is Proverbs 19:11. a person's wisdom yields patience it is to one's glory to overlook an offense and I don't know if you've noticed it very much, but there's not a lot of offense overlooking being done in our world today. Uh, go to Twitter, go to <laughs> Facebook, somebody will say something in my word. It is like, it's like throwing meat into a pool of piranhas. People are just not very patient with one another. And I love this verse. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. 
Um, it probably should be tattooed on our eyelids that it is to one's glory to overlook an offense. It's something that we really need to understand is that we don't have to be like everybody else. In fact, we, we've talked about that in this series that um, when, when we have the fruit of the Spirit evident in our lives, when we are full of love, joy, peace, and patience, that people will take note of it. Because not a lot of people are patient. If, if you live very much, you kind of know that. I heard about a little boy, he was at the mall, and he was kind of watching the escalator go round and round. You know, it's kind of mesmerizing. And, and he stood there for a long time. And so one of the employees came up and said, are you lost? He said, no, I'm waiting for my gum. Uh, so uh, sometimes you have to be patient. And, and patience is a really big deal. And so we're going to talk about like some things that trigger us a little bit. And we all have this sort of way we react to, to, to being impatient. Some people get angry. You, you've seen them. They pound the steering wheel and you, you kind of see them. And if you're driving and you do something uh, that uh, offends them, they'll let you know. And sometimes they give you the universal sign of displeasure and that kind of thing. And, and, and so some people just get angry. Some people get verbal. They'll get loud, they'll kind of yell, and you see that also sometimes, maybe that's what you do. And I'm just kind of thinking, what, what do you do? You know, how, how does it work for you? Some people get physical, they'll you know, beat the, uh, the, the wall or something. I've seen people do that. One time I got so frustrated with something, I, I put my fist through a door. I mean, that was kind of dumb. I was younger back then, but that, that's something that happened. Some people suppress it. It's really kind of not healthy, frankly. Some people get frustrated, some people pout. Uh, some people blame, you know, you'll hear somebody say, she makes me so mad, that's kind of the blame game, I'm not going to take it on myself, that my impatience is my problem, it's because somebody caused me to be impatient. Some people hide, they'll take their little cell phone and they'll go wear the porcelain closet and they'll just kind of chill there for a little bit. Sometimes they're passive aggressive. And I was thinking to myself, okay, I need an illustration of, uh, for me, when it's hardest to be patient. And then school starts, and then you get in the, the drop-off line at school, and if you have kids, um, this is perhaps the most frustrating thing on the planet is when you're dropping a kid off in the car line. Now, Elise is 15. She's on the cusp of driving. Soon I will never have to think about this again. But now for 20-something years, I've been driving people to school. And, and you, know, you know, I mean, if you've ever done it, you feel this. You're in line, and your kid's ready. Elise knows I am hardly going to stop. I mean, it's kind of, uh, she, she's rolling out of the car. I may stop, but it ain't going to be long. But then there are people, does, anybody, does this resonate with anybody? There are people who stop, and their kid gets out of the car, and then they, then they have a conversation with them. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you've been in the car with them for, I don't know, half hour? And what could you think of to say right now that you couldn't have said the half hour drive over or while we've been waiting? So they have a conversation, and I, uh, I'm about to lose my mind. And, I, and Elise goes to a Christian school. You can't even cuss. And so, uh, uh, you know... Uh, I, I, I want to blow the horn, and you just can't do anything. You, just ha you have to be patient at the Christian school car line. You just have to. And then there are kids. Oh. Let me take a moment. Okay. There are some kids who 
get out of the car, and then they have to get their stuff. So they're, they go to the back door. Ain't nobody hustling. You know, they got to go to the back door. And, or they'll go to the back. It's like, how much stuff do you have? I mean, you know, and they, they open up the deck lid, and then they, they get their backpack out and their trumpet or whatever. You know, they got 17 things to get out of their car. Elise literally is in the front seat, packed in like a sardine, because we are not stopping long. And she gets her stuff out. I remember one time this happened at a car line, and we were we lived in New Mexico, so it was one of the, my one of our early one of our uh, older daughters uh, back when they went to school, and uh, and uh, it, it is it is uh, seared on my mind. This kid gets out of her car, and then the mom rolls down the window and proceeds to talk to her for a while. Now I'm right behind, and I'm like, please just hurry up. That wasn't that wasn't a Christian school. I could have cussed back then, uh, but um, it, it took forever. And then the kid was like, doing this. Now God intervened. The kid turned around and walked into the flagpole. Uh, so uh, it it was worth it <laughs> for me. <laughs> But we have these moments in life where God tests our patience. And for me, it's every day when I take my t- child to school. It's just one of those things. And so um, it was when I was, I was praying, Lord, I really need a really good illustration to talk about impatience. And it was uh, then the very next day, or maybe it was like later, I, I was praying in the morning and it was like, here you go, Carline. You know, uh, this is something you can talk about. Because we all feel it. Now, it's not like I'm in a hurry. I just, want it, I just want to get done, right? I don't have to be anywhere. I'm coming to work, but I mean, it's not like I'm punching a clock. Some people have, like, really have deadlines. I don't know that I have a deadline, and yet it, it's frustrating. Patience is difficult. And there are triggers, you know, there are these sort of, I call them universal impatient triggers. People, relationships... Uh, you might have had it today coming to church. I mean, it happens a lot. I see people that get here, and it's been a rough morning. You know, you couldn't get people out of bed, and you didn't get, they didn't get breakfast, and they should have had breakfast, and so they're, you know, they're, like, they're sugar depleted or whatever, and, and they want to punch the greeters. You know, I see people like that. I mean, I see them. And, and sometimes, I, you know, I get it. And, and you show up to church, and your kid's still in his PJs because, you know, he, uh, there's stuff like that happens. I said it a couple of weeks ago, if it wasn't for people, church would be great. Uh, you know, we have to learn to live with one another. So a lot of times, one of, the, one of the tough things is relationships as far as impatient triggers. The, the next one is circumstances. And these, are, these can be really serious. Maybe you're not well. I, I know this. When I don't feel well, I'm pretty impatient. I don't get sick often. But when I am, I don't, I don't feel... I, I don't. My patience level sinks. I understand that. Sometimes it's somebody that maybe they're single and they want to be married and they're frustrated with this, and that can certainly lead to impatience. I, I understand that. Sometimes it's a financial situation. You're you're broke and you don't like being broke, and bills are coming in, and it's frustrating, and you end up being impatient. For some of you, you, you know, your boss is a jerk. And, and you're self-employed. Uh, and so uh, uh, it can be tough. It can really be tough. And so people, I, I think people and then circumstances. And then there's another one. I call it ineptitude. That's when you encounter something. It, it's like usually people, 
And um, it's people that you don't really have a relationship with. They just kind of drive you nuts. And so uh, God said to me, you know, the car line is good. I'm going to give you one more. And so let me tell you what happened when I went to a certain pizza place last couple of months. Um, there was a special. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't usually pay full price for anything. And so there was a pizza special. And I, I phoned up this pizza place. And I'm not going to give their name away, but it rhymes with pizza nut. Uh, so just so you know. Uh, but I'm not going to tell you exactly which one it was. And, and so I ordered a pizza online, or, uh, uh, over the phone. And then I, I wanted to make some changes, and I made some changes. And then when I, uh, so there was a price listed online. And so I'm like, well, this is going to be the price. When I got there, it was quite a bit more. And I said, well... <laughs> The price online was this. Why is it now this? And they said, well, you made changes. Like, well, okay. I was talking to you. While I'm talking to you, why don't you tell me that if you make changes, it, it changes the price? They didn't tell me that. So I got on my little computer, and I complained to the, the place that rhymes with Pizza Nut. And uh, I just said, I don't think that's fair that somebody didn't tell me, but that's okay. I'm not coming back. And then they respond immediately, we're going to give you a $20 credit. Please come back and give us another chance. It's like, $20 credit, I'm using it. So about 40 days later, I order a pizza, did it online. I go in to get my pizza. It was $19. I was going to let them keep the change. You know, uh, I had a big heart that day. And they said, oh, well, that only lasts for 30 days, and it's now been 40 days. Well, that would be good information to know before. So I paid them whatever I had to pay them, and I got home, and I got on my computer and complained. That's just not right. Nobody told me. Within hours, I get a, a, an email that says, hey, we're sorry. We're going to give you $40 credit. Like, <laughs> all right. So we order a pizza online, $41.69 or something like that, just a little over $40. And, and so... Uh, I go in to get my pizza, and they can't figure out how to apply my $40 credit. I mean, they're having a conference. They call everybody in from the back. Hey, Willie, come up here. Uh, we got to talk about this. And they're, they're having a little conversation around it. And they're, the whole time I'm standing there, and my pizza is on the counter getting cold. And I'm standing there, and I'm standing there. And I said, boys... All guys. Ladies would have taken care of it. Uh, a bunch of guys. I don't know how to, like, how do you even do this computer? Anyway, um, I said, boys, here's what's going to happen. I got $2 bills right here and $40 credit in that computer someplace. If I lay this $2 down right here on the counter, can I take my pizza? And they were like, well, yeah, I guess so. So uh, I took my pizza, got it home. We had ordered one, now you all probably know this, I don't like cheese, and so we had ordered one with light cheese. Evidently, light cheese means put as much cheese on it as you can, because that's what I got. Sometimes you deal with people, by the way, <laughs> uh, I didn't complain, it's like, I'm tired, I'm tired of complaining, I'm not going to go there anymore. But sometimes, sometimes, things just don't go your way, right? And so we have to understand, sometimes uh, we get impatient in relationships with people we have, and sometimes it's a circumstance in life. And sometimes it's just you deal with people who don't seem to know 
what they're doing. If you want another story about this, you should ask uh, Dwayne about trying to get water uh, at the mall. It's really a great story, and he's going to be happy to tell you that. But patience is difficult for a couple of reasons. It's sort of contrary to our nature. We're not naturally patient people. Did you know there's a church in Florida that advertised 22-minute church services? The music's fast, the prayers are fast, the sermon's fast. I know some of you all got a little glint in your eye when I said that. Um, as the theologian uh, Aerosmith one time said, dream on. Uh, that's not going to happen here. But 22-minute um, uh, service, I mean, it's kind of who we are. We are just really, by nature, uh, impatient people. Uh, think about a baby. A baby wakes up in the middle of the night. They're hungry or they need um, their diaper changed. Now, babies don't consider that their parents are tired. A, a baby never says to itself, you know, I put them through the ringer today. I think I'm going to just, I'm going to wait till a more convenient time to let them know my displeasure with my current situation. Because I'm hungry or I need the diaper change. No, no. They scream until they are satisfied because that is our nature we are born impatient and then our culture oh my word our culture goodness gracious i mean at my house i have a microwave an air fryer an instapot those are things that save time when cooking we also have a crock pot you put stuff in when you go to work and then when you come back home it's cooked it's perfect but that's all time-saving stuff. I mean, how many time-saving things do we have? And then if all else fails, you just go get fast food. You go to Ingalls and get a, uh, you know, a rotisserie chicken. I mean, there are ways that we just live in a culture that's constantly fast-paced. But occasionally, you'll come upon somebody who lives a different way. They're just kind of chill. They're kind of patient. They... Don't let things ruffle them. My wife is one of these people. I think probably because I'm pretty easy to live with. Uh, I, I take most of the credit for my wife's patience. Um, but every once in a while, there's somebody who, who exudes a calmness. And we look at it and we say, wow, I, I wish I could be like that. So, so what does it take? If the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience... What does it take to be that kind of person? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's talk about it. Concerning patience, something to remember is that it's commanded. I mean, if you'll see here in Ephesians, it says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient. We're commanded, be patient, bearing with one another in love. And, and you might say to me, and I think it's fair, but pastor, when you began this series, you said, if we abide in Jesus, this isn't about working harder, it's not about doing more. It's not about trying to be more patient. It's just that if I abide in Jesus, I'll be more patient. Yes, uh, absolutely. However, that doesn't, that doesn't negate the, the fact that Scripture also says that we should be patient. It's commanding us. We've got to work at it. And sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. And so I sit in that car line every week, every day, and I think to myself, you know what? This is an opportunity to be patient. And it's good, when it went up because every day I have an opportunity to be patient. I'm not always good at it, but I have an opportunity 
every week. There, there's a scripture, and you might say, well, I, I'm just not naturally patient. Well, okay. But scripture says we take every thought captive so that it is obedient to Christ. So, this, has this ever happened to you? You're railing about something. Maybe you're mad about work, or you're, you're kind of t- t- talking to your spouse about something that happened, and you're, or you're, you're getting on your kids, or you know, it doesn't matter. But you're kind of, you've lost your mind a little bit. You're kind of crazy. You've just gone crazy, and, and you're, you're just out of sorts. And you're venting, and you're railing, and all of a sudden your phone rings, and you, you get your phone, and you say, hello? I mean, like, one second before that, you were going nuts. I can't believe they did that to my pizza. Hello? See, when it says we take every thought captive, we, we can control this. It's possible. I mean, let's just be honest with each other. We choose not to, and sometimes it's good to vent. You need some people around you that you can vent to. I get that. I, I, I 100% get that. But let's understand also that in Scripture we're told that we are to be patient. And so there's like this commandment about it. Hey, you're supposed to be patient. A, a second thing is this. We, we're to re- reflect. It says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. It's a really important thing to remember is that God forgives us, and therefore we are supposed to forgive others. And God's patient with us, and therefore we should be patient with others. Imagine the impact it would make if we were patient with people when we are inclined to be impatient. And that could be when we're in a relationship with somebody or when somebody's being inept or whatever, or the situation isn't going our way. I mean, all those things that trigger us. What if we got to a place where we didn't have to just respond like everybody else? What if... We could be different. Think, think about the impact that might have on everyone around us if we could just act a little bit differently. And so a lot of this is just perspective. Oh, well, yeah, those people messed up, but sometimes I mess up. Thomas Jefferson wrote a book called The Rules for Living. You know this rule. One of the rules that he talked about was if you're mad, count to ten if you're really mad, count to 100. You've probably heard that before. Y'all know, you may not have known it was Jefferson that talked about that. Mark Twain came along about 85 years later, 75 years later, and he adjusted it. He said, when you're mad, <laughs> his quote is, when you're mad, count to four. When you're very mad, swear. Uh, so uh, not exactly the same, but uh, uh, sometimes we just have to calm down. Now, I learned to drive. My daddy was a truck driver. So I learned to drive at the, at the knee of a truck driver. And truck drivers make their living getting from point A to point B as quickly as possible. And so I learned a lot of my uh, you know, uh, driving frustration from my father. I picked it up from him. Because I would watch him, and when he would drive, I mean, he was really aggressive. And, and I taught my three older girls to drive, and they, they really are pretty aggressive. I mean, they know what to do, which is good. I think it's good. But I, I think I've gotten better in the last few years about being more patient as a driver and calming down some. And here's what I know. All drivers occasionally make a mistake. They all do. 
my dad, me, you, we all kind of make a mistake. All drivers occasionally, now some people are just bad, but even the best drivers occasionally will make a mistake. Watch NASCAR. I mean, they're maybe the best drivers in the world, and occasionally they'll make a mistake. They'll, they'll get into somebody, or they'll get too close, or whatever. Occasionally, even the best drivers, occasionally, every once in a while, including you, including me, will make a mistake. Occasionally, somebody will make a mistake. And the second thing I know, every driver will occasionally make a mistake, and the second thing I know is that I'm a driver, which means if I put those together, occasionally I will make a mistake. It gives me a different perspective on things. There, there's a, a perspective that says, okay, well, maybe occasionally I'm going to need forgiveness when I drive. I'm going to need just a little bit of forgiveness. And so I've started to say to myself, when somebody does something that I think isn't good driving practice, I will say... Okay, well, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need one. I'm gonna need a forgiveness sometime, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one because I'm gonna need one. I'm gonna give forgiveness now because I'm gonna need one later. Or or um, the other day I made a mistake driving and I needed a forgiveness then, so I'm gonna apply that now Be- because I needed it. Now I'm gonna give it. Does that make sense? I- I'm I'm giving what I received. Uh, the the Bible talks about that. Look look at this text. A person who does not quickly get angry shows that he has understanding. But a person who quickly loses his temper shows, what's the word? Foolishness. It's foolishness. And so when I reflect, and I reflect on a couple of things, but when I reflect, it's wise. I reflect on myself, and I reflect on God. And the Bible in Lamentations is a great verse. Let us examine our ways and test them. And so I have to figure out, okay, why am I so impatient today? Well, for me, when I'm tired, I'm less likely to be patient. I'm, I'm more likely to say something I regret when I'm tired, when I'm physically tired. I understand that. When I'm overloaded, i got too many things going on. i got too many plates spinning. That, that's a time for me. I've noticed that I get more impatient. If I'm late, usually that's my fault. I could have left earlier, but when I'm late, I'm more impatient. And so if I leave here and I have to pick up a lease and there's traffic between here and there, that frustrates me and I get impatient. Well, I could have left earlier. It's really it's on me. That's not on anybody but me. Uh, Sometimes I'm impatient because my pride has been bruised. Somebody has said something or accused me of something or inferred something that causes me to to feel offended. And again, I go back to that verse a minute ago that, that talks about it is to a person's glory to overlook an offense. It, it proves that you're a bigger person. It proves that you're a more mature person. You can overlook an offense. And so we examine, uh, hey, what, what is causing my, my consternation right now? Why am I so impatient? Now, you might say, okay, pastor, it's great, it's great to say reflect. I'm going to reflect. But I, even if I reflect, I still have to respond. So what do I do? Well, you pray. Now, you're... <laughs> It is such a churchy answer, and there are people in the room that are going, oh my word, pray, yeah. Okay, but let, let's talk it through just for a second. 
yesterday I got really tired and my first response was, I wonder if I need to like drink some orange juice. I, I didn't pray about it, I just tried to figure it out. I went to my head instead of my knees. <laughs> I, I, I thought about it before I prayed about it. Now, I don't know if I'm typical, but maybe that's what you do too. And so, perhaps the thing to do is you invite God into the process. Lord, why is this making me so impatient right now? I mean, why, why is this thing uh, aggravating me so? I mean, really, I'm, I'm overreacting and I don't really want to overreact. And if the Holy Spirit is living in us, because the fruit of the Spirit is patience, I, I think God wants us to have that answer. Now you might say, well, I'm just not, Pastor, I'm not very good at prayer. All right, well, give yourself a grade. Let's just talk about it just for a second. Are you, are you an A prayer? B? C? If it was pass-fail, would you pass? Would you fail? I mean, sometimes we think, well, if I'm not really good at it, I shouldn't do it at all. But is, is that really true? This last winter, we went to a, some of our former neighbor's house just to say we were moving, and, or we had moved, I can't remember now, but we, we were talking to them, and, and they have daughters who take piano lessons, and, and she wanted to play the piano for us. And, and so, you know, we obliged, and we sat there while she played, and, and you, you might ask, how was she? Well, she's not a prodigy, I can tell you that. And I'm from Kentucky, so we gauge people by the Jerry Lee Lewis. She couldn't even play with her feet. Uh, so, I mean, how good are you? Can't play with your feet. And it was really interesting, the, the, the dichotomy. There's us, and she played, it was okay. I mean, you know, she, for her age, I'm sure it was great. All of our daughters played piano, and I kind of, you can kind of gauge for your age, you're doing fine. But the... <laughs> I watched the look on her dad's face. He was mesmerized. To him, it was, it was like the best thing he'd ever seen, best thing he'd ever heard. He, he had this like, have you ever seen this? When a, a proud parent, they kind of puff up. He got a smile on his face. And I'm thinking, are you listening to the same thing? Uh, I'm listening to, because it's really not that good. It was good to him because that's his daughter yeah. he paid for those lessons <laughs> you know, uh, he, he's, it was just really interesting do, do we judge our prayer like I'm not as good as Mother Teresa so I shouldn't even pray or do we remember that our Heavenly Father isn't He's not comparing my prayer to somebody else's prayer. Oh, he doesn't pray like Billy Graham. Well, who does? He doesn't pray like Mother Teresa. Okay. She was pretty good for her age playing that piano. She's pretty good for her experience. I think God would say to us, you're doing good. Keep it up. You want to know how you get better at, play the, at playing the piano? You keep playing the piano. You want to know how you get good at prayer? You keep praying. You do it more and more and more. You may have heard this one. I, I like this famous prayer. Thank you, God, for standing by me so far today. 
With your help, I've not been impatient or judgmental or lost my temper. But I'm getting ready to get out of bed soon. So I'm going to need your help. Isn't that funny? I mean, it's like, um, so far I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I'm about to encounter the world, and I'm probably going to need your help. The Bible says, don't worry, pray. Don't worry about anything, pray about everything. It's pretty interesting. And the prayer that we pray is this. I've got a little kingdom. I've got a way I want things to work. If It's, hard, it's kind of hard to understand. Um, if I were to ask uh, one of you ladies to, to give me your purse, your, your purse is kind of your kingdom. That's what you have control over. And in your purse, you, you're going to have keys and you're going to have a wallet and that kind of thing. That's stuff, that's kind of, it's representative of your kingdom. Uh, guys, if I went to your house, uh, it would be the remote. You know, let me have the remote. That's representative of your kingdom, right? I mean, we have, we have things that we have a say over. And so when we pray, we're just praying, Lord, I've got a way, a way I think I want stuff to work, but that may not be the way you want things to work. And so perhaps I should, I should acquiesce to what you want. Today, let me just do what you want. It's kind of freeing, frankly. I mean, I know that um, I know we live in a world that's constantly around us. People are impatient, but then think about what Jesus taught. If you ever need a lesson in patience, just read um, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says stuff like. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn him the left cheek as, as well. Well, that's a pretty patient thing to do. Jesus said, if someone asks you to walk a mile, go a second mile. Give them more than they asked for. In fact, Jesus said, if somebody asks to borrow your cloak, give them your shirt as well. Go over and above in patience. Jesus taught things that most of us don't really like because it requires a great deal of patience. Jesus says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Do good to those who treat you wrong. It, it's not eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Jesus said, you've heard eye for eye, tooth for tooth, but I say, for, forgive your enemies. Pray for them. I, I mean, the Jesus way of life, the, the fruit of the Spirit way of life, love, joy, peace, patience, is so different that it's striking. In 2 Peter, Simon Peter is one of Jesus' best friends, and he writes this, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you. Every one of us, I think, if we were to be real honest with ourselves, would have to admit that God has been incredibly patient with us. Now, we do have a tendency to sort of think more of ourselves than we should, and we kind of think more highly of ourselves than we should, but if in, in, our, in our most honest moments, I think if we were really honest, we would know that He is patient with us most of the time. Because most of us need it all the time, or a lot of the time. 
The fruit of the Spirit. It's patience. And I know none of you all need this, but thank you for letting me practice it today for that second service, people. They're all going to need it. So I appreciate that. Thank you for being patient and listening. Lord, thank you for this day that you've given us. Thank you for this lesson today that we, some of us may need a refresher on. Thank you for that. I pray blessings on our week. Help us to show people that Christianity makes a difference even in the way that we are patient with one another. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.